Gem City Sports Network presents GCSN Reports. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton and Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. And now here's your host, Doug Brown. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of GCSN Reports. My name is Doug Brown. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Jack Giambrone. He is a professor of athletics at Sinclair Community College. And he was a former athletic director down there also. And he has got one of the largest, if not the largest, Vince Lombardi collection in the world. We're going to talk to him about that, but a little bit about Vince Lombardi. And, of course, uh, Jack will tell us all about Vince Lombardi. But uh, Vince Vince was born in New York, uh, Brooklyn, New York, in 1913. And he died on September 3rd. Uh, 1970 in Washington, D.C., died of cancer. He was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers for uh, from 1959 to 1967, where he won five championships in seven years, and also including two Super Bowl wins over Kansas City in 1967 at the L.A. Coliseum. He beat Kansas City 35-10. to And in Miami at the Orange Bowl in 1968, he defeated Oakland 33-14. to he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame posthumously in 1971. Vince grew up in uh, grew up in New York. He went to Fordham uh, uh, Fordham University, and he also coached there. He coached at uh, Saint Cecilia High School from 1942 to 1947. He was also an assistant coach there for three years. Then he went to Fordham University, played college, uh, played football and basketball. Or no, I take that back. He he was a football and basketball coach in 1947, then an assistant coach in 48. He went to the uh, military academy at West Point to coach Army as an assistant coach under uh, Blake, who is a Dayton native. Then he went on to be the offensive coordinator at with the New York Giants from 1954 to 1958. That's when the uh, the Green Bay Packers snatched him away from 1959 to 1967, and then uh, he took a couple of years off, and he was then the head coach of the Washington Redskins from 1979 to 1960. Vince Lombardi was one of those guys that uh, he was a great coach, and you know we've had some pretty good coaches come out of here, out of the Dayton area, and uh, no, most lo- notably. Chuck Knoll of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, you know his career, many years with the Steelers, he's a Hall of Fame, and also John Gruden, who was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he was from the University of Dayton as he coached, uh, or he played uh, as a backup quarterback to uh, in uh, at the University of Dayton under. Um, Mike Kelly. There's another great coach, Mike Kelly. We've had some other great coaches come out of here, like uh, Jerry Faust, who went on to coach at Moeller for many, many years. He started up that program down there. 
And then he also uh, went to uh, the University of Notre Dame to coach there. He is one of the most well-liked coaches out at Notre Dame. So, you know, this is a... And then, of course, you got Miami University, the coaching, uh, the cradle of coaches down there. So, so many coaches coming out of this area. And uh, we're going to talk to Jack about the one and only Vince Lombardi. We'll do that right after this. You're listening to GCSN Reports on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Performance Products is an all-American manufacturer of racing cylinder heads and intake manifolds. From two-time Drag Week winner Jeff Lutz to the winningest bracket champions like Disco Dean Karn, Profiler Performance has become the overwhelming choice of drag racing's best-known name. Profiler Performance offers the absolute best bolt-on performance for cylinder heads and intake, utilizing their own in-house custom casting and CNC machining. For more information, visit Profiler ProfilerPerformance.com or find them on Facebook. Profiler Performance, they make power they haven't even used yet. We know that purchasing a new system is a big decision. At McAfee, we feel you should only have to make it once. That's why we offer lifetime, worry-free coverage on new McAfee systems. Never a charge for repairs, never a charge for maintenance, not even a charge for filters. And when the day comes the system needs replaced, you're covered. Any season, any time, McAfee. Contact McAfee Heating and Air at 937-438-1976 or www.mcair.com or 1-800-AIR-REPAIR. And back here on GCSN Reports, we are here with Jack Giambroni. And Jack... Uh, You've got a huge collection of uh, Vince Lombardi stuff. Uh, how did you get started with this? Yeah, Doug, I started when I began my, my coaching career, and uh, I was looking for a philosophy. I was looking for an idea, looking for a system on how to coach my team, my players, how to get organized. And I read the book Coach uh, in the mid-'80s, uh, and the story kind of talked to me. It, it was it, The story revolved around Coach Lombardi and the way he put together his team, how he developed the Packers. Um, and so I, I thought, hey, this is a good example. And I put the book away and then started reading other books. And the philosophy with those other books just didn't resonate with me. And I went back to Coach Lombardi. And his message talked to me, the way you treat players, the way you organize your team, the way you organize a coaching staff the ability to put in a system that's duplicated regardless of conditions, regardless of opponents. And it was something that, you know, I really fell in love with and used throughout my coaching career. And that's how it started. Now, how did you come up with all these uh, artifacts that you got of Coach Lombardi? Well, it, it started with a very simple check. And I purchased the check um, Soon after I had read my read the Lombardi book, and I wanted a memento, something that would kind of motivate me. So I, I spent all of $132.52 on this check on eBay. And I thought my wife would throw me out of the house. Because, you know, we didn't have $132 to spend on this silly check. Right. But it was an authentic signed check, and it was really, at its time, a really great collectible because it has had his authentic signature and I use it and I put it on my desk. And every time I ran into a situation where I really didn't have an answer to, I kind of looked at the check and thinking to myself, you know, what would coach do? How would coach 
solve this problem? What would coach do to analyze that or what player would he use? And it became a, a cornerstone of the collection. And one piece led to two, two pieces led to four. And now we're proud to say we've got uh, one of the largest and most imp- impactful collections of Lombardi memorabilia anywhere in the world. How many do you have? How much artifacts do you have? Do you, well, have we, you counted? we have around 600 artifacts. We have over 400 uh, photographs of Coach Lombardi. Um, so the, the, the total is up in the thousands. Wow. What's your what's your most prized possession? Probably the most impactful one is the West Point sweater that we were able to acquire several years ago. Um, we have a game worn hat that we acquired a couple years ago. We have a wristwatch that the Wisconsin uh, Bishops Charities presented to him on the the first year of his retirement, where he took over as a general manager in the Packers. Uh, in 1968, we've got that. And we got office mementos that he used in his office and, and signed papers and documents and things like that, letters. They're all pretty special to us. How, have you ever met him? I have not. He passed away, Doug, in September of 1970. And um, I was 11 years old at that point. Um I met some relatives of his. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to hopefully meet his son. Uh, I think we would have a great conversation. I would hope to, I, I could show him the collection honoring his dad, uh, but I've never met him. Uh, how many players have you talked to? Uh, I mean, I, I know you, I, I saw a, a video today where they had a, a, a reunion of all the Packers that uh, played for uh, Lombardi. How many of those players have you met? I've met around six of them. In fact, funny enough, is when the Lombardi play came here several years ago, Paul Horning was here. Oh, really? And Paul and, Paul and I spent about an hour together just kind of talking about Coach Lombardi, you know, his feelings about him as a coach, his feelings about him as, as, as a person, as a leader, his feelings as a player. And then, you know, when, when Coach Lombardi passed away, and it was a great conversation um, I met, uh, Jerry Kramer. Uh, I met Dave Robinson. Um, those were, were really great, great talks and, 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 uh, um, sharing of, of some of the thoughts that they had, like, um, like, like Paul had had about how impactful Coach Lombardi was to them. And to this day, uh, when Paul was alive, how impactful Coach Lombardi's words were, and I think that was real. That's really, and I think that's what keeps us motivated. Coach Lombardi's words about a number of different topics, especially leadership, are as important today as they've ever been, and critical today, especially with our young people. And the collection allows us that forum to speak to those issues and speak to those philosophies for people. Now, when you were coaching, uh, you said you uh, his your philosophy was basically the same as uh, Coach Lombardi's. Um, how, when you were coaching, what 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 did you coach? I mean, was it, was it football or, or, or? Yeah, I spent twenty five years coaching college and pro football. Oh, okay. And and uh, the the simple philosophy is the, is the backbone behind philosophy is it doesn't be doesn't have to be complicated for it to be very successful. And if you if you teach it in its totality, um, understanding your opponent, understanding. The, the field conditions, understanding schemes and tactics that 
you could run anything in your playbook is as long as you're able to coach your players on the different conditions and how to handle those conditions very quickly. Um, coach Lombardi's, uh, you know, Green Bay Packers sweep. Everyone in the world knew it was coming, but you couldn't stop it because his players were so well versed on every nuance of the play that they knew how to handle everything an opponent um, threw at them. And that's why they were successful. And that's the same philosophy that I brought to the, the, the people that I coached. Now, um, I know Forrest Gregg coached down in Cincinnati. Did you ever yeah. get a chance to talk to him too? I never had. I never got a chance to, to, to really talk to him. I think, you know, uh, Coach Gregg was, was involved in, in a lot of coaching while I was involved in coaching. Um, and then, you know, we never were able to connect. I'm hoping to continue to attempt to connect with other players. And, and like I said, uh, uh, Vince Jr., Coach Lombardi's son at some point. Now, where's he coaching at? Um, I believe he's retired. Uh, I, be- I believe Vince Jr. is retired. And, and I'm not really sure if it's in Florida where his residence is. I know he comes back to Green Bay every now and then, but he's a he's a he's a challenging person to kind of get a hold of. Oh, really? Yeah, was, I would like to sometimes possibly use some of the um, relationships I have with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame, with the hopes of us kind of um, connecting together, just to sit down and talk to him. Uh, didn't I see where he was coaching? Uh, last time I saw that he was coaching, he was coaching the Chargers. Is that right? Um, that's his grandson. Oh, that's his grandson. Okay. Yeah, and I've never. And that would be, you know, now that you mention it, that would be a really nice opportunity to sit down and talk to him. Uh, also, I, I, he's going to go on my list. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me about that. But uh, you know, that, be, that that would be a wonderful opportunity to sit down and talk to him. Now, how many how many players have come to your to your uh, to where the uh, the exhibit is? Yeah, none have uh, come here to the, uh, the the green my collection here. But we have eight pieces in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. And we have seven pieces in the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. And a lot of players tour through there and see the individual pieces from the collection there at those two locations. But they know you have a lot of the artifacts here. Yeah, both um, both organizations, both Hall of Fames know, and we are in, in constant contact. Uh, we just made a contact a couple of weeks ago with the Pro Football Hall of Fame in an attempting to uh, put the West Point sweater in there for about a year, um, maybe 18 months, because ultimately I visited the West Point um, Hall of Fame and have struck up a great relationship with the people at West Point where we believe that the final resting place is in West Point, New York at the uh, military, United States Military Academy um, for final display uh, for them to keep it forever. Oh, wow. Uh, so you said that's where he's he's buried? He's not buried in, in Green Bay or anything like that? No, Coach Lombardi actually is buried in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, the West Point is in New York. Okay. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about more. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, Coach Lombardi and uh, uh, some of the other things that you have. And we'll do that right after this.
Profiler Inc., your local source for custom graphics including banners, decals, and custom apparel for your corporate, school, or personal needs. For more information, check us out on the web at www.profilerinc.com or on our Facebook page, Profiler Inc. No matter the threat or where the front line may be, our armed forces protect and defend us every day. But what does it take to strengthen our service members and keep them focused on the mission? What does it take to keep our military connected to family, home, and country? It takes a force. Be a force behind the forces. Join the USO in helping service members and their families. Give today at csohio.uso.org. And back here on GCSN Reports, we're here with uh, a guy that has a lot of knowledge of (laughs) Coach Lombardi. (laughs) Jack, uh, thanks for doing this, first of all. You know, it's an honor and a pleasure to be talking to some guy that knows a a great coach or that is doing something for a great coach like Coach Lombardi. Doug, thank you. It's it's an honor to be on the show. Um, And I know that you guys have had, uh, celebrating, you know, your 12th year uh, of broadcasting in the Miami Valley and then even outside of the, the area. So we thank you for all you do in sharing sports with uh, the community. Yeah, I miss coming down to St. Clair, though. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, we miss having you. <laughs> so what, what are they doing with the gym? Is well, that... it's, uh, it's activities now, more, more activities. Um, they've got some classes, um, recreational classes. I'm not sure if they got basketball or not. I believe the weight room is open. Okay. Um, I, and, and just kind of a limited type of thing right now until they decide, uh, you know, what course of action they take in the future. But I believe there's still some some uh, several physical education classes still going on. Yeah, we were just talking off air about the uh, the new movie Dayton Tri- or the Triangle Park coming out. Yes. What do you what do you think Coach Lombardi would think of that? <laughs> as, and as we talked off the air, <laughs> I think Coach Lombardi. Um, and again, that's before his time, right? Right. And I think he would have been impressed of the growth of the NFL from its early stages. And you had two teams who, you know, barely threw the football to, you know, his experience with the people like um, Y.A. Tittle, uh, Frank Gifford, Bart Starr, Sonny Jurgensen. And he sees kind of the the evolution of the game. And, the, and he'd be... Really pleasantly surprised where he is. Even deeper, this question is the fact that Coach Lombardi really understood that he was at a time where the NFL was beginning to take off. The television was at the advent of the NFL football uh, league, and you saw how TV had its tremendous impact in the league, and Coach Lombardi understood that. Coach Lombardi was one of the first NFL coaches to have their own show, and he didn't do that because he wanted to be on camera. He did that because he wanted to promote the Packers. So I think he would take in the in the in Triangle Park the movie and say, "Boy, you know, we've come a long way, yeah. but also understand that there's a long way to go." If he was viewing that in 1960 and 1970, did he realize uh, the players that he had, the, the Hall of Fame players that he had, like Star, like Jurgensen, uh, like Tittle? Uh, did he realize those guys were uh, like Hall of Fame material? I think he, when he got to Green Bay, I think he realized he had he had a special unit, and and you take a look at you take a look at those Hall of Famers. You know, he, I think he's had a dozen of them. I think when he got to New York, 
Um, one of the things that he really had to do, and he, one of the first major things that happened in his career is when he got to the Giants, he was under the old, you know, college, I'll yell at you system. You do what I tell you to do. Now that worked well with, with cadets. They were yelled at all the time. He gets to New York and these are professional men and he wasn't very effective in the beginning. And this was in 1954. And he, he realized he wasn't effective and he pulled, um, you know, Frank Gifford aside and said, Hey, hey, Frank, you know, I need some help. I, I, I need to know what do I do to change to be a professional football coach? And really that simple question led to night after night after night going to Gifford's room, going to YA Tittle's room and talking about the pro game because he had to change. He had to change the way his play calling went, because he was the offensive coordinator. He had to change the scheme, and most importantly, he had to change the way he treated pro players, because pro players, you know, weren't going to really be motivated by his yelling and screaming. They really didn't care. So he made a huge jump from the collegiate level to being a professional football coach in 1954 and adjusting his style. What was his thoughts about, you know, what was his team growing up? Was it the Giants? The team that he rooted um, for? Yeah, growing up, he, you know, he grew up in, in, uh, in New York, in the Bronx. Um, the family wasn't really involved in a lot of sports, um, more horse racing than anything. But yeah, it would, he would be kind of be the Giants. The Jets were just, you know, not a team. Um, you know, they were the old AFL, right. American Football League, so the Giants were old guard. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of talk between Wellington Mara and him when he actually, you know, left the Giants that he would eventually come back and be the head coach of the Giants. But once he got to Green Bay, you know, that was kind of what he considered home. And he turned down Wellington Mara a couple of times to take the, the, over the Green, the, the Giants job in the sixties. Why was he so impressed with Green Bay? I think because it, it was his first team, and it, that was the team that gave him a chance. Uh, and you got to remember way back when, the Green Bay Packers vaulted into prominence in the 20s and in the 30s and then had this decline and then had this, again, resurgence. And when he took over the Packers, they were as bad as they've ever been. And this whole rebuilding process, you know, he never had a losing season. You know, he went seven, five and one at the Packers in 59. And two years later, he was in a world championship game against the Eagles, wow. which in 1960, you know, only two years after taking over the Packers, he brought them to a world championship in the Eagles. And that really was one of the most monumental events in his coaching career at Green Bay. Because he would come off the field and they would lose as time was running out and they were driving the ball. And we'd come into the locker room and said, that will never, ever, ever happen to the Green Bay Packers again as long as I'm coaching the team. And it never did. He went undefeated in the rest of his playoff games, winning five NFL championships and two Super Bowls. Uh, he, he was an amazing coach, that's for sure. And I don't think, uh, I don't think there's going to be too many coaches like that come along in the future. No, Doug, I, I, I believe you're right. And the, the, the question I get all the time is, can Coach Lombardi, would he have been successful today as he was way back when? 
His son says probably not, which is really interesting standpoint. I happen to think that if the motivation on players' parts is to win a world championship, then under that auspices, yes, he would be successful today because that's what players want. Players want a ring. Players want a Lombardi, right? That we call it today. Now we use his he we use his name um, uh, as a pronoun as an adjective, right? Winning a Lombardi, um, and when you come under that idea and understanding. Yeah, he'd been successful because players want to achieve the ultimate, and he was the ultimate in terms of coach. Now, did he did he ever see the uh, did he ever know that that trophy was named after him? No, they they named it after his passing. Um, okay. At that time, um, you know, Pete Rozelle named it right after Super Bowl four, and at that time, then Coach Lombardi passed away in the seventies, nineteen seventy. Uh, September 3rd, actually, 1970, he, he passed away. And then in 71, the following Super Bowl trophy, they, they named it the Vince Lombardi Trophy. What does his family think of that? You know what? Um, Marie would have been very, very proud. Marie passed, I believe, in 1983. His, his daughter, very proud. She passed away a couple years ago. And I'm sure Vince Jr. Uh, obviously is, is very proud of of the namesake, the Lombardi Trophy. So I imagine the family's extremely proud, descendants extremely proud of the fact that um, he was told early in the late 50s that he would never get a job in the NFL because his name ended in a vowel, <laughs> denoting the, the, the racism or uh, the anti-Italian-American stigma coming from being an Italian-American that – you know, people didn't want an Italian-American to be a head coach and represent it. Almost, uh, and then we go on and we award the world's greatest team, the greatest trophy and the greatest sport, and the person's name on it ends in a vowel, and it's his. Now, we were talking off air. Uh, you said uh, you haven't been able to talk to Vince Jr. Right. But, and then uh, I reminded you that uh, I, I asked you about if, if – that was him that was coaching the Chargers. You said that was his grandson. Is there a chance that you might get a chance to talk to him? Yeah, Doug. You know, now that you had mentioned it, that's probably someone that I would I would really cherish an opportunity to talk and sit down about it with his grandpa. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking now, now my search is going to be is when the Chargers or whatever team he coaches comes to Cincinnati – that I would invite him down to kind of take a look through the through the the collection, or even Indy. That's right, exactly. Well, you know, in in a radius wherever he's close to, but but you know, for if he his team was playing in Cincinnati, it's a fifty minute drive. Oh yeah, to bring it yeah, true. Here, you know, so that'd be an easy truck for him, hopefully. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully uh, you'll get a chance to uh, talk to him, and well, call the Chargers and see what you know. Exactly. You know, get on on a, on a recruiting trip or something. So, uh, Jack, uh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on, on that uh, that uh, movie too. Um, you know Alan Forrest, and you've talked to him. What made him want to do that? This is a three-year labor of love, Doug, and he will talk often about the love of the game, and it's his love of the game that produced this movie. He is. Uh, a Vandalia Butler resident. He oh, really? went to Vandalia High School. He played quarterback at Vandalia. 
And he was coming off a extremely successful movie called The Rain Man. And Chuck Lavelle, the Rolling Stone keyboardist, was the feature of the film. And it was highly successful. So he came back to the Dayton area, came back home, truly home, and was looking for a project. And there were some descendants of the Dayton Triangles that got a chance to meet up with him. And he lent them his ear. And this is kind of, a, a again, a labor of love through the descendants of the triangle. And when he began, he began to engage him in conversation, and Alan began to find out this was the, the home and the birthplace of the very first NFL game, and it involved the Dayton Triangles. And it really intrigued Alan. So he spent a year doing research, and he had come up with the idea that there's enough material here for a film and for a st- story. And that's how it launched into this great production that we're able to see today. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it because, uh, you know, it, it's, the field was actually, is actually right at Howell Field where, exactly. where they play baseball and it was there. And I kind of, I was kind of wondering how they configured the football field inside the baseball field. You know, how that worked, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm still not sure how that would work out, but. Yeah, and Doug, if you take a look at the current Howell Field, and you are, sta- let's say you're standing at home plate looking out to the outfield, and if you're a right-hand batter, if you turn to your left, extreme left, where the where the home dugout is, remember that? Yeah. If you turn to your left, and that's the home dugout, the the land extended way beyond that dugout. So what they did was they played from the outfield all the way beyond that home field dugout. Okay. And that was the football field. Now I I wonder, you know, they've got those those that seating there that that stone seating. I wonder if that was part of the uh part of the field uh then too. Yeah, Doug, I'm not really sure, but if you take a look at old photos and in the movie, they'll show you. So it's a teaser for everybody. So if you're listening to this broadcast and you are intrigued by the movie, you're going to see some historic items, historic photographs, and historic footage. Now, there's no film of it, but the, just this storytelling by the descendants is fascinating. So if, if you're a Daytonian, you owe it to yourself to go and, and see this film because – there's a bit of history in all of us, and you'd be proud of the way Alan has, has told the story um, of the Dayton Triangles, and we as Daytonians should be very proud of this production. Well, Coach, uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to be talking to you about Lombardi and also this, this film that's coming out. And uh, uh, well, Thank you for coming on. Doug, thank you. God bless you, and God bless the listeners. And uh, Have a great one. Take care. Oh, Brian says hi, too. Bye. Hi, buddy. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back with more after this. Uh, We'll close it out, and uh, we'll be back with more after this timeout. You're listening to GCSN Reports right here on the Gem City Sports Network. A Special Wish Foundation of Dayton has a new name. It is now a Special Wish Foundation Dayton and Southwest Ohio chapter. 
They now serve 20 counties in southwest Ohio and work with families whose children are being seen at Dayton Children's and Cincinnati Children's Hospitals. The organization has granted over 1,800 wishes to those children battling life-threatening illnesses. To find out how you can help make a special wish come true, log on to their website, aspecialwishdayton.org, or call them at 937-223-WISH. A Special Wish Foundation is a 501c3, and all funds stay within the local community to support local children. Hi, this is Doug Brown from the Gem City Sports Network. Throughout the years, we've provided coverage of a wide range of sports, including high school baseball, football, basketball, and soccer, as well as Central State Marauders football and basketball. You do baseball also. And do you know what the best part is? It's all free. That's right, absolutely free. We sincerely appreciate you tuning in to Gem City Sports Network, your ultimate source for local sports here in the Miami Valley. Back here on GCSN Reports, we want to thank Jack G. and Brunk for coming on and talking to us about Vince Lombardi and his collection that he has of Vince Lombardi. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's amazing what people will collect. And uh, being a part of history like uh, like the NFL with uh, Coach Lombardi and, and his uh you know, his history with the NFL and even college football at, at uh, West Point. So, uh, you know, he started out as a high school coach, just like most people do, and uh, moved on up and uh, became one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. And uh, not too many people can say that they have a trophy named after him. So uh, I want to thank Jack for coming on, and we'll talk to you next time right here on GCSN Reports. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to GCSN Reports. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network. Your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. Join us next time for GCSN reports.